Welcome to our podcast, It Speaks Volumes. I am Domenico Di Siena, and every week I speak with innovators from all around Europe, thinkers and creators from big cities to rural areas, people who are working hard to propose ethical and sustainable alternatives for many aspects of our lives. The way we work, travel, eat, shop, and the economies behind them are being reinvented every day. Through this podcast and with the help of our guests, we are exploring these alternative ecosystems. Our first cycle will try to define what is a hub. For our first cycle, we are focusing on hubs. At the origin, a hub is a center, a point of connection. In the community of creators and entrepreneurs, hubs are at the center of an entirely new culture. They take many, many forms, like art centers, fab labs, co-working spaces, experimental kitchens, collaborative initiatives, and even urban fabs. Let's start with some vocabulary. In Europe, there are a lot of words to describe a hub. In French, they say tierlieu, which made the way to the English term third place. In Italian, we do not have a word that describes it so well. We have laboratorio, ufficio, or simply co-working. Or we say a multipurpose center. In Spanish, it is a bit the same thing. Maybe we can use the word taller, or again, laboratorio. All these different terms translate the identity of experimentation, or the hybrid status of hubs. There are many examples of hubs in Europe. Think of Media Lab Prado in Madrid, Volumes Lab in Paris, Beta House in Berlin, Bank in Amsterdam, or Ovest Lab in Modena, Italy. They are often referred to as the future of many industries. In fashion, food, design, apps are reinventing the norms. They are directly related to the digital economy, which permitted their wide expansion, a lot like the startup movement. But the difference is that they still share the initial philosophy of the internet, structured by sharing and open source, which is probably why they don't claim a business model. Hubs can also be associated with the maker movement, more and more developing all around the world. To define what is a hub, we met with four inspiring individuals, four hub innovators from Spain, Italy and Turkey. Julia Lopez Varela explains how she had to invent a business model from scratch to make her hub take off. Jeng Derelli explained how he built one without an actual space. Francesco Cingolani, co-founder of Volumes, took us back to the origin of Volumes co-working to show by example of how one specific hub came to life. They helped us come up with this podcast and find the words that might help you find yours. So for me, a, a hub for, for positive social impact is very related to people together, connections, generosity, sharing. It's also about being in the space. This is Julia Varela, lawyer and social innovator from Madrid. She has been director of Impact Hub Madrid and has worked for Municipality of Madrid and the Spanish Embassy. Julia is currently co-designing the strategy for the new headquarters of Daniel and Nina Carrasso Foundation, a philanthropic organization that aims to empower projects related to sustainable food production, arts and education. And it's also about pushing yourself to, to other limits, no? to not thinking that what you are thinking is, is correct, but always testing and prototyping. This is, of course, my, my, my bias, which is very Mediterranean and very related to people and to touching. So for me, yeah, a hub is it's, it's a place of generosity, sharing, collaborating and, uh, and talking a lot, talking, talking, talking and sharing. Yeah. As Julia states, all hubs do have in common one thing, a physical place. After the world crisis the pandemic put us in, more and more professionals agree on the importance of the tiers-lieu, the third place. I also believe this term might illustrate best what a hub is, and in between. A hub is not your home, not your office. With the evolving way we have been working the past decades, let's say since the digital era, our practices evolved. It made rise to renewed needs. The pandemic was the biggest stress test. It showed how we could work from home to companies that remained stuck in their old ways. 
it made way to a lot of labor law abuse too, but it's another topic. The fact is, we all know we are now on a different path and in some way hubs are related to that. Because if we can work from a distance, we still need places to assemble. So our- we are in this moment of definition. Now we, we had a, this beautiful session with, with the identity team and the names they were suggesting, which are amazing. And my contribution was they are amazing, but I am missing a container because then mm. people call it somehow. But is it La Casa? Is it the, the, the taller, the warehouse, the space? It's, it's a space. It's a space in which you can be. And, and sit in a chair. It's not a museum. It's not, so we're in this part and we do not want to be posh, you know, when, when you use words that are very uh, ambitious because what, what are we? Yeah, we are a place for social transformation. That's it. But if you think it, if you read it in a, in a paper, social transformation, wow. Maybe it's too <laughs> ambitious, no? Or too, yeah. wow. Mm. Indeed, it is hard to define because hubs are almost by definition not really defined yet. So the entrepreneurs and founders try to find words that people can relate to, something that feels innovative, but doesn't say it all, like the word co-working. Yeah, by the way, uh, I'm curious, which word do you use to describe yourself? Just uh, an example, for instance, we uh, at Volume, when we started, we needed to use the word co-working. What's the word you use that's, to describe? That's a super good question. This is a super good question because uh, you need to communicate to, to, to people to understand what, what this place is going to receive. And of course, we need to use the word co-working, but we are not a co-working or not mm-hmm. a normal co-working, not, not using the word normal in a, in a bad sense, but we are a co-working for business. We're still defining this because semantics are essential, as you say. If, if you want to look for a place in Google, for example, you need to find these labels no? and this, uh, these words. These are, these are the words, exactly, Domain. Mm. Co-working, it's, it's a food lab, it's a lab, it's, a, it's an incubator, it's a, it's a startup project because we are not a Silicon Valley and we do not mm. want to be Silicon Valley. We are not Impact Hub, Spaces, uh, Utopicus, um, WeWork, Monday, but, but somehow for, for the imaginary of people, we are a co-working. It is actually interesting how the word co-working is so high valued on Google searches. Co-workings are spaces in the city for sharing time and experiences. And it seems like citizens of the metropolis are more and more interested in them. This, the city, also because of uh, the real estate uh, pressure, is getting more and more, uh, I would say, optimized or specialized. Every square meter is destined to something, you know, and this is more true in Paris, which is one of the most dense cities in Europe uh, and maybe in the world. So you can see, you can observe daily the, the optimization of, uh, of the space when you are in a bar, when you are at home, when you are in an office. And you actually can't have one square meters without a program defined for it. This is Francesco Cingolani, co-founder and director of Innovation Laboratory Volumes. Inspired by La Moutinerie, the most influential co-working space in Paris at the time, Francesco Cingolani founded Volumes seven years ago in Paris. Today, we understand it as a creative and prototype hub. After that, he found the confidence to focus on a neglected historic villa in the market region of Italy. Francesco has recently founded Ville NGO that aims to bring the historical Villa Bonaccorsi back to the commons. He is hoping to revitalize a whole territory. And this is part of our research right now about Fab City Hubs and Creative and Productive Hubs method. So this led the city to be super segmented no okay this is where i'm living this is where i'm uh, uh, working this is where i'm uh, having coffee this is where i'm sleeping this is where i'm i don't know uh, having food producing food cooking and the point is that the the trends of uh, the world somehow goes uh, in the opposite direction of uh, you know you you need much more transdisciplinarity you need to have uh, different stakeholders speaking to each other. You need to have space for 
uh, encounters to create mixity to to basically to have people uh, getting together and this is what hubs are doing you know they are creating space as a buffer zone in the city a space where you can breathe where you can try out new, th- new things if you want to test things you need to have space for it the imaginary of a hub is very much linked to physical space As Francesco says, there is no hub without a physical space. You need one if you want to try things. But can there actually be a hub without a physical space? So most of the time when we think about hubs, it easily we imagine on a physical space. It works as an infrastructure, you know, a screen, seats, co-working spaces, this and that, you know. But I have a more light and hard-relieving idea of hub. This is Cenk Derelli, PhD architect from Turkey. While he runs his architecture practice Nobon, he designs architectural environments and organizes gathering events for creatives. He also provides consultancy for municipalities on communities, creative cities and cultural heritage. Cenk spent a long time searching for a space which made him realize a hub does not necessarily need a physical environment. According to him, a hub is the city. So it is a network of information, uh, people and uh, resources, basically. Without this, a physical space can't work as a hub space. It will be a space and it will easily transform into a nightclub, uh, into a, a theater, into a, a yoga class. But with that content or with that, uh, let's call them altogether resources or uh, tools for interaction, it turned into a hub in the format of a physical space. But without that physical space, this idea of hub can uh, travel in the city also by using existing physical spaces and transforming them into environments of sharing, creating, collecting physical things even. you know, This can also create a movement in the city, the movement of inspiring creative people. A hub then is not even a place. It's a state of mind that can be downloaded from all around the world. Jeng Dorelli started a hub without even having a place, just by making happenings in the street, starting with parties and then film projections and conferences. For Julia Varela, it's a Mediterranean thing. We need people working there because, as you know, Dome, it creates contents, it creates, it bonds a community. We want to really create this, the feeling of belonging. We want people really empowered with the with the space, feeling the space is their space, and there is a, also a way of transforming from the space. We know we are now in the pandemic, very delocalized and people want to be in other places, but it needs to be a a place in which we meet. We Mediterranean are very, you know, physical and we want these places to, 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 to be offered. But really, not just Mediterraneans turn out to be highly social creatures. Jean Durelli started an activity he called Human Curation. So once uh, a friend of mine from Sweden told me that the uh, thing that I am doing has a name and its name is Human Curation. Th- that's a beautiful title that I always keep in my heart because I always wanted to have a space and I always imagine it to become a, a gathering space for people from all walks of life, but at the same time, of people who are curated within the context of the events or meetings that I uh, wanted to uh, gather together. So, human curation really means party planning, but it's not as trivial as you think. We are not talking about work anymore. Have a space where one can host events, workshops, concerts where you can play music, listen to inspiring people, but in the same time have your office, a gathering space, and also people created in the context of the event, is really a society. So what's at stake here? Hubs arose for a number of reasons, 
an answer to a social need, but also a market demand. An answer to the real estate crunch that big cities experienced throughout the world since the 70s. Turns out, we don't have the money to spend on space anymore, while we are forced into cities to work. In the meantime, this period of pandemic was also a time of high connection between similar places geographically distant. Hubs could be coined as the logical continuation of the Erasmus spirit. We are talking about more or less 300 people living there and, and working there. But a very important thing, Dome, is how can we create bonds outside the space too? We need to be an inclusive place. Many of our uh, projects, the, the projects we, we pay for and we try to sustain, are in, in Malaga, are in Valencia, are in the north of Spain, and they need to be there. And we need to work with these people. That was also a, 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 one of the points of choosing Arganzuela. It's, it's because it's very close to Atocha, which is one of the main train, train station lines. You know, Spain is kind of small and very well, kind of well connected. So you mainly can be in Madrid in two, three, four hours. Uh, of course, it's very centralized. Spain is very yeah. centralized, like Madrid. And this is something we would like to hack. We are there. Madrid is very important since, you know, the, the, the creation of the capital. And But we really need yeah. to hack this. We need to read the people that are in the in other places. We we don't want to be centralized in this sense. I am curious that uh, how much is also related with the the experience we have with the pandemic. Places uh, I'm I'm convinced that they matter more and more. People to 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 move to go to a place they need more uh, than an excuse. So it's important to understand why I'm going there. So I really liked when also you uh, explained uh, how you are creating a network that is going beyond Madrid. Uh, sometimes this is not easy to, to explain. So understanding that actually you are spreading the place around the you know Spain, but at the same time, you catalyze uh, all of this in one place. This is... Uh, this is amazing. This so, is amazing and a challenge itself. A challenge, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. It is indeed a European and global movement. All our guests are from all over Europe and they agree on a similar movement in their country. Francesco is from Marche, Italy, but based in Paris. After a decade in the French capital, he felt the urge to come back to his hometown to implement these ideas of innovation in rural Italy. Cenk is at the borders of Europe, in Turkey, and wanted to find solutions to the state situation he found for business and social progress in Izmir. Silvia lives in the wealthy city of Modena, but is moved by her interest in art and involving citizens in public life. So she moves to the outskirts of the city to rediscover the craftsman village, Villaggio Artigiano. Julia is located in Spain, but even if she loves travel as a worker nomad, she talks about the need of being in Madrid because she needs to be in the territory. Basically, me and my family, after 20 years of Paris, we, we wanted to kind of uh, go back to the countryside, yeah, at least uh, uh, partially. And uh, I guess that um, me being here, uh, you know, in a peripheral area, let's say, after living in Paris and Madrid, I think it's also an expression of um, a new, maybe professional interest, which is like uh, w the question of how, how what, what, uh, what, are, what's the role of these, uh, you know, more remote areas. Hubs make connections. When you think of hubs, you think first of airports and train stations. Hub is originally a transit term, and it is no coincidence. Transportation is still a central subject. Even though we might not commute every day to work, it is crucial that we still connect. And that questions the link between city and remote areas even more acutely than before. We have in mind the deserted areas of Spain that gained attention in the last elections there. What is interesting is that hub is also a term used in tech, which shows how much hubs and hybrid space are both physical and informational. That other aspect, that other non-physical aspect of the hub can survive uh, without having um, one specific physical space. 
because uh, any kind of information uh, right now can be gathered in uh, digital uh, spaces or that information can be represented by the people who are coming together from time to time, maybe in the events form, in the meeting format, uh, to create a book, to publish a magazine, and then they uh, can go away. Information is important to create a space that allows creativity, but it is also important to allow other people to come in. We want a square, like an open square for people meeting there. We want these kitchens for in, for innovation in, in, in food. We want the typical cafeteria or restaurant and we are still, uh, you know, researching in how can we create this special place for transforming education in, into food. These very big spaces such as an, an auditorium, meeting rooms, places for work like single desks or big desks. It's very important, Dome, that the project is created B2B or O2O. This is business to business and organizations to organizations. We are not creating the project for single individuals. To have a more critical approach, we need to address the elitism problem. Hubs are made of shared information, shared cultural events, because they are made of people. But the consequence is they often reflect a certain elitism that prevents inclusivity and the mix of individuals from diverse backgrounds. Let's say it, in hubs, you'll mainly find employed young white males, especially in places that unintentionally bears the tech world's characteristics. A hub quickly becomes a bubble, and if that was encouraged during the pandemic, it is not recommended for social progress. Against endogamy, because that's how this is called, our guests had solutions. I, I studied architecture in uh, Istanbul, Turkey, in Istanbul Technical University. And uh, I come from a background of non-architects. So everyone in my family, they are uh, doctors uh, or farmers, etc., etc., I didn't know that I, I I didn't know that I should have a network of patrons, <laughs> a network of specialists, network of uh, architects, engineers, etc., etc. So when I realized that I need to gather these uh, network of people, I didn't know what to do. After a slight um, cloudy mindset, I decided to start uh, organizing parties. <laughs> Uh, so those parties uh, requires a skill of organization uh, and I need to create a charm to drag not only my people but other people uh, who may be motivated by my friends to be a part of it. Then these uh, parties grew from 50 people to 200 people and then we had been introduced a space, uh, a 12 uh, square meter tiny bar and this was my, in a way, only physical hub existed <laughs> so uh, so that's uh, that small physical space plus the street in front of it i use that space to uh, project turkish movies uh, create open sets but during all uh, those events i started to get to know uh, people uh, from whom i get uh, my uh, first architectural commission works that was also a time when i created my architectural practice with my Friends. Himself not part of the club and in order to really make it as an architect, after college, Jenk had to create his own network and organize parties as a creative way to start what would be his own type of hub. But what about those who don't necessarily have this kind of inclination and confidence? To make change, having an individual understanding is not enough, nor fair. We are designing these social processes for listening to many people in many moments and in different moments. And also understanding the neighborhood. You said this before, I don't know if it was offline or uh, <laughs> online, but we do not want to be the big foundation coming like an ovni and landing. And we want to be like an agent there in a humble way, listening to these uh, needs. We do not want to be a competitor for them. So we need to be very smart in the communication. We are a B2B. Public partnerships are a growing trend in hubs. With a willing to change cities, local environment, foster social progress, hubs are sharing public institutions' missions. 
and as they grow more formal, tend to even collaborate with them. It is a great source of innovation for public service, but depending on the setting, sometimes it is not by choice. We need all of the permissions and the permits in the in the municipality, but we are we need a special plan for developing this because we are going to have also people sleeping there. So it's going to be restaurant, a place of working, residence, food. So we need this special plan. And we are expecting to open the doors by January 2024. Expecting. So we are really prepared to do it. The project is, is done. But the, you know, the institutional part from, from the municipality is going to be slow. Although I have to say that they are treating us in, a, in an amazing way. Because we, we went to the municipality to tell them, please, we do not want help. At least we do not want problems. Problems, yes. Yeah, no help, no special treatment, please, no problems at all. For Jeng, dealing with the city and its economic players was one of his first motivation to create his own dynamic around what would be a hub. Maybe in general it's also valid uh, in Turkey, but in Izmir especially there, is this, uh, there are these uh, biggest entities these are like, you know, umbrella, umbrella entities which run the city. But then there are these uh, trade unions, uh, professional uh, unions, uh, universities, etc., etc. To create a regulation at that level is always extremely complicated because the political environment is uh, saturated and people at the cooperation level or organizational level, they don't share exact same goals. Uh, but if you come to the uh, personal level, then most of the time, these people who gather in an event, they most of the time share uh, quite similar qualities when it's come mm -hmm. to, for example, in this case, about the creative environment or cultural creative environment of the city. This creates a group of people who share lots of parallel ambitions uh, when it's come to the city as the title, but also their personal lives. That is quite effective, if you ask me, because uh, I am living in a city and I know that it, it is a city of industry, it's a city of agriculture, it's the city of trade, the construction sector is big, service sector is big, etc., etc. To, to create any kind of regulation at this level by considering all these aspects, it's impossible if you ask me to solve anything. And believe me, I get into lots of meetings at the municipal level and the governorship level and my personal outcome from those meetings is nothing. I don't have any expect positive expectations out of those meetings because of the setting. But then with hubs or with these gatherings, we can create our own settings. We can create our own layouts of collaboration, create these layouts of outcomes that we hope to create by bringing people. When you start a hub from scratch, you'll struggle. That's a fact. The hype around hubs tend to minimize the struggle because it shows the project at their final stage. But every founder will tell you how much they had to tackle. It's a really important point on hubs. There is a huge value in what you are doing and sometimes it is not visible. The efforts are not clear to the others while you struggle to find the business model. Either you or you push the community to create something new to come out of it. And sometimes people think you are even taking advantage of it. This introduction is to tell you that we are very, very slow. This is a slow project. Uh, we need all of the permissions and the permits in the in the municipality. You know this and, and in, in Madrid, yeah. at least it's, it's slow. This city is a uh, four and a half million people city, quite old harbor. Its history spans to... 8,500 years, so lots of history, etc., etc. But everybody is uh, complaining about lack of motivation to do something, lack of services, creative services, lack of mentality to start uh, a creative project and then finish a creative project, the lack of funding, the lack of infrastructures, this and that, etc., etc. So this is the psychological man mentality of the entrepreneurs, mostly in the city, and also it is... Uh, the city is seen from outside also 
uh, by these qualities. Going against traditions is a struggle in itself. It makes hard for a hub to find money because funding is easier to get for defined and understandable projects to traditional institutions that are banks. But, as we said many times, most hubs come from innovative ideas that need to be carefully put in words in order to explain and ultimately convince. And I think that, uh, yeah, I can confirm that uh, when we wanted to rent uh, a place to do that, to do the volume, it was challenging because uh, we were rejected by land landlords because they basically didn't get why the hell, we, for instance, we wanted to mix architects with uh, food designers or chefs, you know, this were the kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, we felt a little bit like... Uh, uh, crazy, uh, or at least they thought this. So when we talk about hub, uh, I always imagine about the physical space, which is connected uh, a network of information resources and people. But that's also the most expensive or most struggleful aspect of the, let's say, photo concept of hub, because it is not easy to find the space, to refurbish a space, to create proper funding, uh, to, to get proper permissions, etc. About teamwork, Francesco highlights that you might have a good idea, but it's sometimes too much. I would say, I would use the word over, overload, uh, overload of um, tasks, ideas, information. When we start a new project, there is a huge part about being pedagogical with uh, the, the people or the community that want to start a hub or a community-led uh, space, which is explaining this is what will happen, you know? <laughs> that was the missing part to us because we were starting this, but without having, a, you know, a training or a previous experience. I mean, this is what it is. Your project is about being and create uh, abundance of uh, ideas, things to do, projects, uh, people. It's just, uh, you know, accepting that uh, this is how this place works and the value of this place is in the abundance. You, you, may, have, you may face this impulse of uh, doing everything. This is not the right approach. It's completely normal that one out of uh, 10 ideas go forward, you know? Another important question is one of scaling which means growth replicating a model that worked and applying it to another group or different scale. But we discovered that there are other dynamics that matter. For instance, governance and continuity. These projects are very founders focused. What happens when the founder leaves? Jeng highlighted the importance of a structure that not only relies on the individuals. Uh, it may be a personal description, but uh, to... Uh remain in the personal level. I am struggling it right now, for example, uh, with this network of people, even though there are lots of people, no one approached me to share or to have the, have the responsibility to extend the impact of the human curation that I am doing right now, for example. Uh, that's a big challenge for me, because uh, what will happen if I stop to have that motivation anymore? Or if I leave the environment where I exist right now, can be their digital tool to replace a physical person to make this network of people remain in contact? Is it another platform? We found very different point of views during our interviews. Not to be too glass half full over optimistic, but from all these struggles, our guests found a best definition of their project. They inspired me a lot. I learned a lot with their unique point of views on the creative process of building and maintaining a project. So this, this approach of you know, trying a lot of things and uh, having nine of them fading and one working, uh, is um, a big learning. Yeah, this was this is one of the challenges at the beginning, like uh, accepting that there will be error 
And this will be the way how the project will be innovative. Cheng always find answers in making people come together. Uh, you know, this, this crystallization of physical entities and uh, dividing all resources into smaller pieces is the biggest problem, if you ask me. You mentioned pollinization. Otherwise, it is impossible to uh, create even a regulation. There should be some people who are running in between stakeholders, not to convince them, but to increase interaction in between them. If everybody has a specific type of direction of the argument, then it is impossible even to discuss them. That's the uh, big, one of the biggest problems. The, the non-existence of negotiation environments, let's say. Too much branding can also be bad. When hubs become more well-known, more official, they find ways to express themselves. They find communication. They sometimes stop being the alternative and become a part of the traditional economy. Also, the branding is not necessarily relevant in economies like the Turkish one, according to Cenk Dorelli. This dynamic of branding might be culturally and economically biased. If you uh, spread them all uh, into these branded uh, physical spaces as promotional entities for advertisement, then they started to also lose their power to interact. Uh, so for me, uh, it is much more interesting to have this idea of hub, which travels in the city, facilitates yeah, a municipal, space. a bar, I don't know, a tiny shop, uh, a streetscape, etc., etc. It's much more interesting. It is also much more welcome because there is no door most of the times, or there is no specific key uh, holders. There are many stakeholders. It is uh, quite difficult to get branded. So it is also uh, creates an entity which may have also a long lifespan uh, because if there is profit, then there is also this uh, uh, not struggle, but uh, non-common ideas between the stakeholders who started it, etc., etc. Um, so uh, that quite a light idea of resources is the heart of the hub. But I still don't have my physical I, space, which I... <laughs> you have the city, Cheng, I know that. Your space is the city, so... That's true. <laughs> you have to take it step by step. Concrete practice of all these concepts and social challenges are the best way to tackle them and find solutions. Cenk Terelli took it slow, step by step, but eventually found his style too. In 2011, uh, I had that great, you know, psychological depression. I didn't know what to do. Uh, how to do, what to start, etc. I was searching for funding, can't uh, find anything. I was trying to move from one uh, city to the other. When I visited this former factory, uh, the fa factory uh, went bankrupt and then the English artist bought the space and they were running it for seven euros per day each. Its physical environment was not perfect, but in time they had this project as a alive, uh, developing uh, physical environment where they can create something together. Maybe a book, a magazine, be a piece of music, etc. So that moment I realized that, okay, uh -huh, if you can gather uh, enough inspiring people in an environment without dependent uh, on its qualities, then it may be more than enough as a starting point. So gathering those people who may you collaborate and who may bring something inspiring for you. So this is what I do. Julia Varela found sustainability in an unexpected place at the root of the issue, real estate. Buying a building in Madrid was an interesting investment and it was a kind of, uh, yeah, it's a sure business here because they, they really need to demonstrate to their board that, that the money could be invested in a very smart way, but also being sustainable. So we could demonstrate that the business model or the sustainable model, it's sustainable, it's feasible itself. She used a space to initiate a conversation and even education on topics she identified as central for society, food. Uh, I think uh, we've got a challenge with children. We are not expecting to be a place for education. The people are, children are, going, are not going to go there to study, but we have uh, an obligation as a society for transforming the generations that are coming. And I think it's going to be through new words of, of working and getting together. And it's also Dome, about food and health, mm. the way in which we are eating, the way in which food comes to our plates. 
the way in which we are understanding health, healthy systems, food, sports, like this part of investigation and innovation in food is going to be for me essential. I think pretty much because the rest is not very pioneer, getting together, sharing, it's Media Lab, it's Volume, it's Impact Hub, it's many, many projects. But I think the super asset of, of this project is philanthropy and food transformation. I'm thinking that, uh, I mean, for, for, for people, usually it's my guess, uh, philanthropy is understood with something that is really, really far yeah. from the everyday life. In the country, food is something that is really close to everyday life, but actually we need an equilibrium, a re-equilibrium uh, no, with, with both, because basically uh, food is something that we banalized lately, so we need to recover. No? So with the philanthropy, we need to put this you know, more on the, on the everyday life. Yes, the hubs can tackle a large array of topics. With their innovative settings, shed new lights on fields that have not been enough impacted by the digital evolution, and they could be improved by it. Food supply systems are one of the great examples as self-sufficiency became an issue during the pandemic, times of economic stress and conflict, and of course, environmental crisis. Instead of having this tech startup entrepreneurs only approach, at Volumes we started with a much broader philosophy. Uh, volumes, at least in this first period, was this uh, 500 square meters where basically anything could happen <laughs> and, and literally everything happened uh, from uh, cooking glasses, uh, DJ sessions, uh, innovation seminars, digital fabrication classes, uh, cultural uh, happening. Food has also been a central topic during the creation of volumes, but not only. And then we have the food labs which are those social and professional kitchens where citizens and professionals of the food sector can come in, meet other person, use the available tools in the kitchen, etc. So for us, in our approach, the, the production uh, of things, the production act itself has a, a big social value. With our labs, what we are trying to do is try, trying to bring back at the center of people's life the, the act of producing things, which traditional was, uh, you know, put far away from us, from our cities. Our hypothesis is that by putting this back to the, to the center of our cities, we can create social value, we can create empowerment by producing and building something or cooking a meal or learning how to cook a meal. That's where the connection is made much easier than uh, in other activities. For Julia Varela, hubs are definitely a place for change. They are a bridge between public institutions who collaborate more and more with them to reach the needs of the citizens. Hubs can propose innovative ways to approach old public issues. We are always like with the glasses of the researcher. We are looking at projects in the US, in Europe, in South America, in Africa, in Asia, trying to understand how to uh, create this bonding and also to listen to their needs. And as you said, these people are also social transformators and innovators, but also clients. And this is very important. We are not a public space. We do not want to be a pu public space. To attain that objective, all our guests gave us concrete advice on their methods. How to start a hub? Jean Terelli found that without physical space, this idea of hub can travel through the city in existing physical spaces and become an environment for sharing and creating and collecting physical things. If you want to, it can create a movement in the city of inspiring and creative people. What I take from him, and that is also a technique we found an essential to building a hub, is the idea that your community of people exists before the space. And it is with their vision that a concrete project can ultimately come to life. And taking account that will be definitely going to happen in a different way than you originally envisioned. I think it's up, it happens with all those uh... Uh, self-sustained system that uh, exists in biology or social sciences also or in urbanism. Basically, you create something that is uh, able to generate also great things without being planned. So, yeah, 
my judgment is that uh, when I, when we look today at volumes, the the, the strong part is that uh, we didn't plan it um, as it is now, uh, and I'm sure it would have been impossible to plan it that way. So it is not me most of the time who are convincing the next presenter or next people that I approach, but the people who had already created something inspiring. So that's the power of it. It is. Uh, self-convincing in a way that's the most beautiful thing of it uh, so maybe we don't need to push them towards any kind of direction uh, that boiling pot may be a good environment for them even exist the biggest problem uh, for most of the creatives is to lack of uh, links uh, links for funding lack of uh, links for any kind of personal help, this and that, et cetera, et cetera. But these are actually can be solved by connecting them to each other easily. But of course, there is a central factor to take into account, money. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Julia. No, I think no, this part no. is, really, is really interesting to open a space like this and have, you need to create the community and you you described really well. You know, the community is really also clients so this is interesting because it's you know it's not just someone that uh, like the project or will use sometime the project they will be paying for this so getting them on board before the place is open is uh, you know really really important uh, job so how how you deal with this uh, you know funding a business model is a shared issue for all hubs founders for julia varela part of being a social innovator means really understanding society so it's not just about your community it's about the larger community you are part of the society no matter how pretentious that sounds behind hubs lies a public interest that looks like a public institution and that is probably what differentiates the most these spaces from traditionally run businesses. For example, for the creation of volumes in Paris, the objective was not the co-working. It was only a mean to foster innovation. Julia Varela in Madrid wanted the space to be considered as a hub for organizations and with a zero waste model, looking for a real example of sustainable development with no gas and promoting any kind of circularity within the building. For them, it was a way to think long term. If you buy uh, yourself a building in Madrid, you need to be very smart with the moment in which is profitable. And that's exactly the opposite of what we are looking. So we wanted to buy this building uh, in order to keep it, of course. So to keep it in a long term. But the business model or the yeah, sustainable model is created like in periods of five years, more or less. Uh, because co-working was more, uh, in our opinion, a, a business model, like, like a way to to pay the bills, you know, the, the business model side is very important when you rent a 500 square meters in Paris. Hubs foster action. Usually, these innovative hubs are making while thinking, as Francesco Cingolani states. He was very proud to say that the greater stress test for the hub he co-founded in Paris was the pandemic. The recipe was clearly expressed at, at that moment, three ingredients. The first ingredient was the community, a community of committed people, people that shared values. The second ingredient was the space. It was crucial to have a space basically which was not completely defined in, in its use. And the third ingredient was technology. In the long run, maintaining a hybrid organization for a hub can be tricky. Most of all, because there is no established models, because all hubs are different. That is why, partially, we created this podcast, to build a shared experience to relate. For all our guests, the future is uncertain, but they have always seen it this way. I think that one of the, the biggest uh, assets we have in this project is that we have, like the foundation has dedicated a lot of funds. We are talking about 12 million euros for creating this project. And this was one of our first red flags. For making it feasible, we need time. We are not buying a, a building and selling it in four years. If you want to do this, don't buy it. So mm. we buy this building because it's an impact investment, but we need to know that we can only sell it if things are terrible in 20 years. And we are always creating a plan B. 
What happens if there's another pandemic? What happens if there's no gas? Of course, if there's another terrible war or something, the place is going to be shut down and maybe we need to create a, a hospital. But now the business model has to work with very different vectors and we cannot mm. fail. It's not only because we are in a capitalist system and money needs to work, because we have a, a board behind. That's why we want foundations there that have money and they can pay for also contributing to a system in, in, in which they are sustaining this system. What about digital fatigue? This is a central test to which hubs are exposed. I can tell you that we also experienced that at Volumes Lab. We discovered how good the digital tools were to keep the dynamic and run the place. We mainly used Slack that became the meeting point. Not for everyone, of course, but it gathered an important part of our community. Now, I am aware that people may start to get tired of these tools. So what is your perception for the future? Uh, I will remain in the physical uh, space when everybody leave for Metaverse. So <laughs> everybody is welcome <laughs> to find me. So I will be around. This is my projection of the future. <laughs> no hubs in the Metaverse. <laughs> no, <laughs> one physical space. Uh, as, a, as a platform, so I wanted to have a city for myself. To conclude, I think all of our guests agreed on the enormous potential that creating a hub can bring. In addition, we saw how this kind of project has a direct influence on the way they approach their work, but also on how they live their daily lives. We also know that sometimes it is a struggle to find the will to continue because so much is still to be defined and tested. That's why I hope we can find more ways to face it, hold on to words, communicate and pull more people in this dynamic of innovation and social progress. I'm thinking now, so seven years later, what, what's your, your judgment on it? I mean... This, this approach, uh, I, I would say it's, <laughs> I, I would I would say that uh, we we created a, a sort of ma magic mess, uh, you know, like. <laughs> Volumes, a podcast produced by Volumes, sound and graphic design by Natasha Leco, script by Yelena Yuzan, hosted by Domenico Di Siena. All soundtrack used for this podcast is free from copyright. Thanks to our wonderful guests of this cycle, Jeng, Julia, Francesco and Silvia. You can listen to the full conversation with them in our feed and find all the references used for the podcast in the description. Remember, you can listen to this podcast every two weeks live from YouTube or listen to the edit version in your favorite podcast platform. We like to foster as much conversation as possible, so don't hesitate to write to us with your comments and suggestions. Let us know what topics you would like to hear about in the next episode and what guests you would like us to invite. If you want to learn more about Volumes and get more valuable content, go to our brand new website, volumes.media. Thanks for listening and see you at the next episode of It Speaks Volumes.